So yesterday I have a Zoom class going on. And okay. next thing I know is um, Chris is in the kitchen singing this theme song to Green Acres. <laughs> I don't know if my students heard it or not, but here I am having the thing where they're talking and in the background, you have my dear husband going, Green Acres is the place to be. I'm like, seriously. That's hilarious. Why is he singing Green Acres? I don't know. Welcome to Step Into Mondays. Welcome back. Uh, if you have listened to previous episodes, we've had, I am so excited to see how many listens we have every day and discovering the new listens and the new subscriptions. It is fun to see go up. But if you're listening and you have not subscribed yet, make sure that you click that click that little subscription button. That way you know anytime we have a new episode coming out. Because it's important. We have important things to say, don't we, Krista? Of course we do. <laughs> so today we decided since uh, last week we talked about how to help our students prepare to have a conversations, we discuss, great, they can have conversations, but how do we assess that? How do we grade that? Mm -hmm. That's very important. So let's start and talk about the assessment. Absolutely. So oh, there are so many different um, ideas floating around. Uh, about assessment and I think that it depends again it goes back to the the backward design element um, you have to know what your goal was what what was the purpose of that particular assignment um, so for for example I um, the first talk abroad assignment that I give my students um, is basically credit, no credit. I want them to see how the technology works. And I mean, the first time you speak with a native speaker one-on-one, -on -one, you're going to be mm -hmm. nervous. So I want them to just, the, the whole purpose of that is just to get comfortable, to practice with the technology and to practice with the, um, the communication strategies that we gave them, you know, some of which we talked about in our last podcast, right? To prepare and to use some of the phrases like, I don't understand, or could you please repeat that? Those kind of things. So it's strictly a credit, no credit, um, just because I wanted to see that they did mm -hmm. it. And when I was at um, UAB that I did mine, um, on the first one, one thing that I focused on a lot was that they were able to stay in the target language no matter what. That was one of my big thing too, wonderful. because when they're talking to their classmates or whatever, it's very easy for them to lapse back into English. When they're talking to somebody else to make that transition and not relying on it is an important one too. Right, right, I, I agree. But again, you know, it goes back to, um, 
when you're going, I mean, what, you right. know, your whole purpose. Um, and I've seen so many, um, different ones like, and I do think that I've probably, we tried to use the same rubric at UAB for everyone, um, for all interpersonal and I'm beginning, you know, I'm seeing now that that's not really, uh, the best thing mm-hmm. for us to do. And so, um, you know, we were following the, um, the guidelines for the, um, from the IPA in the interpersonal speaking rubric from actful. And so, you know, from there you, ha- I mean, you have so many different categories, um, language function, mm-hmm. text type, a comprehensibility, um, communication strategies and language control. So there's five different categories and it's like, wow, that's, that's really a lot sometimes. And so we kind of um, are moving, what we're kind of moving towards is we'll use these for um, our midterm and final interpersonal assessments, but we're kind of trying to simplify uh, for the other interpersonal um so how are, how do you realize when you're doing the IPAs that y'all were still doing the interpersonal, although they have the conversation with native speakers? So what do they do for the interpersonal, um, for the IPA portion? It's the um, it's the talk. It's a talk. Okay, so that one is the talk abroad conversation. Okay. Yes. So they well, we give them a talk abroad. Um, we give them a talk abroad. Uh, the first one, like I said, mm-hmm. is just practice and, and it's on, I mean, it's after they finish, they're about, we've done one and a half units or so. So it's mm-hmm. very, very right. basic for them. So okay. their first IPA, yeah, the first IPA they do um, is kind of like an online dating scenario. They read about Liliana and then they have to decide um who they think would be the best match and why and answer all sorts of comprehension questions. So what I do is I give the instructions to the talk abroad partners that says, okay, they've read this article uh, or, or this, these descriptions of different people and whatnot. And the whole point is for them to describe people. I also can give them the, um, I also give them the, um, the article. So they kind of have an idea about what, we're talking about. And I said, but you don't really have to say, you know, ask them questions about what is so-and-so like, or so-and-so like, you can just say, well, who did you choose and why? And what do you think about online dating? Have you ever done that? You know, and then go into, well, how would you describe yourself? Different things like that. So that, yeah, that's how we do. Um, And for our listeners who might not have listened to previous episodes where we were talking about Talk Abroad, Talk Abroad is a website that puts our students in touch with native speakers. Um, and um, the students purchase conversations of either talk abroad there, what, 10 or 15 minutes, 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, we do 15 minutes. Yeah. Either, either right. So they, they decide they do either 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And um, as the professor, you have the dashboard with the classes so you can see the students who, re- who have registered in there, and then you can see what uh, conversation they might have that's scheduled. I think it shows when it's scheduled. And when they have it, you have 
a screenshot of the student um, at the beginning of the conversation, and then you have the recording of the whole conversation. Uh, and there are multiple programs. You use Talk Abroad, and I use Boomerang, which I like Boomerang right. better. Well, there's some things about Talk Abroad that I like better um, because, like you were talking about, you can send the document to Talk Abroad. You can be here is the assignment, here is what they have read, here is what they're doing. Where Boomerang doesn't really let me do that. I can put little notes, but it's not allowing me to put the actual document or anything or any specific um, assignment in there. It's a little bit shorter. But what I like about Boomerang better is that I think their French speakers are better and the organization of it is better. And I've had issues with both of them with... Um, student scheduling and um, with conversations being dropped or no shows or whatever but I have had a lot more out of talk abroad and when we've had issues with Boomerang I mean some of it they addressed before I even got a chance to look at anything they saw it from themselves they went ahead and addressed it or the students were able to take care of it right there without me doing anything um, they, they're a little bit smaller than talk abroad and um, they're trying to retain a little bit more of a hands-on control from the ownership of that. Well, but see, I didn't. I right. didn't have any of that with Talk Abroad. I've been. I've been very happy with it. So I think it just you know everybody's got. You do, experience. and you, with the Spanish, right. you have a lot more options of speakers and areas and whatnot. Right. With the French, they don't have nearly as many, and that was one of the issues that we had is with so few speakers all of the quality of students they had that were trying to schedule interviews, well, it didn't quite work out. They were having issues mm -hmm. getting getting in before the end of the semester or whatnot. But Boomerang, because he's retaining a little bit more control, um, that's one of the things. I'll get an email from the owner of it, uh, Chris, and he'll be like, okay, Sandrine, what do you have going on this, this semester with your classes? You know, what can we expect? When are they going to be doing conversations? How many students? So that they already know, okay, around this time, we need to make sure that we have plenty of people available because we have Sandrine's classes that are coming through, but then maybe they have 10 other classes that are coming through at that time. So he's already got it planned out, planned out a little bit better. Well, I just, I haven't uh, had that issue with Talk Abroad, but um, yeah, but that's what it is. And so we use a very mm -hmm. a, a more detailed interpersonal speaking rubric for the midterm and the final um and we're kind of experimenting um with other rubrics there are so much out there now one is the talk rubric um i don't know if you're familiar with i don't talk. know that i am i don't know that i've heard of oh i might have heard of them but it's not registering the talk rubric so first of all it's time oh that's so right stands mm -hmm. for, so it's kind of an acronym yeah, so the student participates in the conversation for the entire duration of the task. And that's that's important. Accuracy, so student uses appropriate vocabulary with unnecessary mm -hmm. repetitions and pauses. So I guess, you know, and um, you would need to determine what your what your right. accuracy is. Listening, and I think this is important, listening. Students actively listen to his or her partner answering questions and asking when prompted to do so. And, you know, that's one thing that we talked about in our listening strategy. 
or our communication strategies is that they they don't they need follow up questions. So you don't say, you know, do you like to read? Oh, what do you do on the right. weekends? <laughs> so, you know, are they really listening? So you include that in the rubric. And then the K is for kind. The student is kind and courteous working with a partner during the conversation. You know, do they use the proper address to or usted? You know, those kinds of things. So that is the talk rubric. And I think we're going to try to use that for a couple of interpersonal assessments. I like that. I like that better than some of the others. And uh, that's something I struggle with as far as the grading portion of it, you know, because yes. basically the assignment is, you know, I need you to be able to carry a conversation with somebody on your proficiency level, right? So I'm not expecting you to discuss the economic downfall that the coronavirus is having on us. <laughs> you know, this is not <laughs> right. what I'm expecting you to do. I'm expecting you to talk with that person and to find out a little bit about them, for them to find out a little bit about you. So basically, you're meeting somebody at a party, kind of same level type thing. You're a little bit as to where do you live? What's the weather like? You know, do you like where you live? What do you do for a living? Basic kind of stuff like that. Maybe family, if that's what, you know. So those levels. And so based on the proficiency level, that's what I expect. But then I'm always like, oh, well, how do I grade this? Or how do I grade that? And I've kind of fallen onto the, okay, my expectation for for this conversation is on the novice high level. Are you meeting this? If you're meeting the novice high, I will give you a 95. And if you go beyond, right. I'll give you a hundred, although it hurts because as a French person, I cannot give a perfect score. So, <laughs> right. No, no, nobody. So that hurts. Exactly. And then you didn't meet it. So, um, but then where do you go? So I like that little breakdown of the talk. I might try to, I might implement that one. Well, and you know, that you, bringing up the actual letter grades, because we are mm-hmm. still stuck on those, you know, do you give them an 85 and 90 or whatever? Um, and I remember, and I can't remember if you were with me or not at Actful, there was, we went to a grading one, I think, and they were talking about, well, we've decided that if you meet expectations, that's yes. an 85. And if you want to get an A, you have to exceed expectations. And, you know, I personally yes. disagree with that. If you set a certain expectation, then right. they should get an A because they Absolutely. met what you expected. So, I think that, you know, met expectations. Mm-hmm. A 90 or above. Yes. Right. And then exceeds expectations, I would say 95 to 99 or something like that. But I think it's ridiculous to say that a B. I agree. Yes. You and I were together at that. And that was pretty early okay. into that presentation. And they lost us for the rest of the presentation because we were like, how can you? And I think it's the same one where they were talking about how they were not allowed to give zeros. Even if the students mm-hmm. were not turning anything in, they had to give a 50. Which is yeah, kind which of is crazy. But I've seen that a lot with right now, especially right now where I've seen where a lot of stu- the teachers K through 12 were like, oh yeah, my district has said I'm not allowed to give zero. So I have to do this. or I have to do that. And it's like, I mean, if it's not done, it's not done. You cannot give any kind of grade on there. 
I know. Why would you give them half credit I know. when they didn't do anything? It just yeah, I mean, it doesn't encourage anything um, to be done because they're like, I mean, even if I do a if I do a bad job, I might get a fifty, or I could do nothing and get a fifty. I know, right? So, so what's the point what, exactly? What's the point? So yeah, that was interesting to to see. But yeah, I do remember that. I had forgotten about it. That when yeah, when they said, oh, if they meet expectation, it's an eighty-five, and it's like, uh, why? But I do think that you can, you know, can set meets expectations ninety or ninety-two or you know whatever. But then that's also got to be clearly communicated to parents. Well, you know, the issue <laughs> I have with that though are- is because okay, so let's say. They meet expectation and it's a 90, right? And they expect they, they exceed expectation, it's a 95. Okay, those are set numbers. They're they're kind of random, not fully random, but you know, they're they're um what's the word I'm looking for? They're arbitrary. They're, yeah, Thank they're you. Arbitrary. The word was escaping me. I knew it started with an A and I couldn't pull it out. Um but then if we say, oh, meets expectation, it's from 90 to 95 how do you decide and that's where i have an issue how do you decide what this one is worth a 91 but that one is worth a 92 right that is completely arbitrary so yeah that's why i think it should just be set okay if you got a if you met the expectations you get a 90 right or whatever so i think it makes more sense and i know you and i have talked about those one point rubrics that are trending right now and i still have not taken the time to fully look at it and i don't know if you have okay yes that's actually what i was yes i was going to say so the single point rubric is basically you've got what they call bright spots or you know the positives basically you know like you listened to your partner and responded appropriately yada 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 so you've got bright spots and then you've got feedback you know, I would like you to provide more detailed responses or something. So one side is the positives. One side is what you need to improve. And in the middle, you put your can-do targets for that particular um, assignment. So I can exchange information about a family celebration. Um, I can compare practice celebration practices or customs or whatever in my country and the target country or whatever i can um discuss what i like so and don't like. are the can so do so the target can do's that you have or the ones that they're demonstrating through the conversation the ones that they're demonstrating through, well you that the ones okay you want so your target can do statement what you want them to be able to show you okay right and so you you know and you give those to the students this can you do this and you say this is what i expect you all to be mm-hmm. able to do in this conversation okay. so that they know it and you just basically are ticking it off did they exchange information yes did they compare you know celebrations yes did they talk about what they like and don't like no or somewhat or whatever and so that's basically it is that one this is what i expect you to do here's what you did really well here's what you okay to work on so then how do they assign the points on that i mean it's a single well again again see it's that's another thing that's why so many people are talking about arbitrary so you will have to i think you just you have to decide yourself so if they met all the expectations is that a 90 
is it a 95? It doesn't solve what that is issue of you still have to do that. Because mm -hmm. one of the things I had done with rubrics as well is, um, and I did that with my um, intro to lit class in the fall, where I basically went for any assignment they had, and I'm not talking just the speaking one, because I was mostly a writing one, but speaking of rubrics, and I looked at what I was expecting out of the assignment. And then I had, mm -hmm. did not show any, um, I'd have to look back at it, how I worded it, but basically did not show any evidence. No, there was no evidence of it. So that made it a zero. Uh, there was minimum evidence that made it a one. Met mm -hmm. with uh, appropriate evidence, that would be a two. And then uh, exceeded the, the evidence or whatever, which would have made it like a three. Which is mm -hmm. good and well, except for the fact that then it gave me some wonky numbers depending on what I had. So maybe I had 10 categories of that. So 10 at a three point, maybe if they exceeded or a two, I mean, you know, put it on a two, which was meat, that made it out of 20. Well, that's great. But the system then will mm -hmm. have to put it on a 100 scale. And 18 right. out of 20 is a fabulous score. When you put it mm -hmm. on a 100, 18 out of 20 gets to barely out of the B section, B range. So that creates right. a huge discrepancy into it, which was problematic, which is when I kind of went to the, like with my 101s, 102s, going to the okay here is my target you're meeting it you get this you didn't meet it you get that because uh, right. I thought that was really the fairest way to do it like you're trying to you're proving to me that you can meet the novice high or the intermediate low or the intermediate mid or whatever level we add so if you do then you get this amount of point and that's that's right. kind of where I'm falling right. Well, but see that, you know, again, it's the numbers so much, so many times there really are. Just they completely are. Yes. Numbers. Because, well, because the numbers imply mm -hmm. quantitative, right? And it's really not a quantitative um, assessment. It's, it's holistic. holistic and quality, qualitative, qual, qual, well. Qualitative. qualitative exactly and so so that's the problem we're looking we're trying to assess the uh, qualitatively but fit it into a mm -hmm. quantitative system and and that's what's so tricky about it and you know and so many people for so long that's why you still have people going but how many grammar mistakes make you right. an intermediate mid and it's like okay no you don't get it it's not a quantitative kind of thing it's how well did they complete this task on what level if, if our level is novice high and this is what we expect from novice high did they do that and if they did I mean they met expectations right that's an a. absolutely and and that's but that's where the proficiency so, level are so important and being not necessarily well versed but knowing enough and I regularly I mean at, at this point you and I have been talking about proficiency for what, five, six years at least? 
when did we start? Yeah, the proficiency mm-hmm. unit is at least five years old when we first did it. If I would think so. Probably, probably that'd be a different an, another conversation where we will revamp our proficiency unit. But um, yeah, yeah, because we were doing it when I was teaching at the high school and that's been a few years now and we had it before that because then I adapted it for that. So it's at least five years old. Um, so we're still in it, but I still go back to act four and I actually have those printed with what the um, description uh, is for that particular le- level. So, you know, with the novice, it's mostly words and lists and pre-memorized sentences that they've done a lot, right? And the intermediate, then you start having a bigger variety and the advanced is where you start talking about the the, the past tenses, the future tenses, and all of the tenses where they actually have a control of it. So I do go back to that um, right. and go, okay. Well, and the intermediate, something too that, that people may not realize is that the intermediate level, that is where right. they make the most mistakes. And that is where they stay right. for the longest. So where I might look at that was like, oh, they had a lot of mistakes when they were using the past or they had a lot of mistakes using the future. I look at it as they are not able to control it, which means, you know, they understand it because they have a few times where they got it, but they're really not controlling it. So they cannot be in the advanced level. They have to come down. So I look at it that way and I go back to it on that way because it's very tempting. And then it's very tempting to compare from one student to the other uh, and to go, Mm -hmm. oh, well, that one did so well, but this one is really not doing so hot, but maybe they don't have the same background. I mean, I know in my one or two class, I have students, they were true, true, true beginners with me last semester in 101. And now they're in 102 and they're struggling because part of it they had other activities they were doing that were preventing them from maybe studying or putting more time into it. So they did the bare minimum. So they're struggling right. with it. Uh, where others now are 102 with me. I mean, I have one student who's in 102. And if, one day I was talking with him and I said, um, okay, you use this, this, and that's pretty advanced. And he goes, yeah, I did it in high school and went, I think, all the way to AP. And it's like, why are you in and I asked him I said why are you in my 102 class and he said well we have a placement test but by the time I got to it it was too late and the advisors just put me in here and I said well you should have talked to me because you know at that point uh, maybe we could have moved you higher or something else or whatever but you know by the time he let me know or I figured it out it was way too late into it now He still benefited from being in my class because I do proficiency teaching, but I cannot take something that he's going to do and be like, oh, well, that was great. He deserves a 99 where my other student who was a true beginner who's struggling with it. Oh, well, that wasn't so good. That's just a 75. No, I have to look at here is the line that they have to be able to cross. How close to that line was it? Did he get to it? Did he get beyond it? And it's each separate one of them. Right, right, right. And we do have, and that I have from the scoring the AP exams, and that's something I recommend any teacher, especially who teaches higher levels or who teaches AP to try to get there and to score at least one year. 
um, because it's they talk about the holistic approach, right? You're not looking at each individual mistake. You're looking at it holistically. Was it smooth all the way through? Was that what they they will call the roller coaster effect, where you get good stuff and then you're like free fall, and then you're getting good again, all of that. And then you have to be careful with what they call the halo effect. Have you ever heard of the halo effect? Uh, yes. So yeah, just, you've had one that was you know. pretty bad. And that was like, you're like, okay, yeah, that definitely did not meet that. That is not a good score. And then the next one you have looks so good. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is fabulous. <laughs> this is genius, top score. And really it's not, but you're seeing it so much better because the previous one was not so good. Right. Well, and you know, and that's honestly, that is what I tell my students sometimes because they, they're like, well, so-and-so already got their grade and, and I don't. And, and I have to tell them, you know, I don't always grade speaking assignments. I can't sit down and grade the entire class at once because it, you know, the first time I hear me llamo S, I'm like, okay, well, it's still communication. But by the 20th time you hear me llamo S, you're like, why are they saying that? Because I had been over and over and over this. And it's not fair to take it out on that kid when the first person you, Absolutely. you cut them some slack. And when I and so when I explain that to them, mm -hmm. like, okay, well, take yeah, I, I used to tell mine that I'd be like, you know, when I'm seeing the same mistake repeated over and over, I kind of get mad and <laughs> you don't want me to grade your, yes. your speaking assignment and me being completely pissed because you're the last one. And I keep hearing the same things. You definitely don't want that. So it's very important to take breaks throughout. Right. Uh, take a little bit of time mm -hmm. that said we cannot take too much time because we do have to give them feedback absolutely yes no 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 I agree with that you know and that is one thing too because some of you know I've some people that I've worked with or, or talked with they're like I mean 15 minute conversations for a hundred students how do you do that I'm like well I don't listen to the entire 15 minutes mm -hmm. you can't possibly nope. do that I listen to the beginning and if they're getting the, you know, how are you this, that, and the other, I'm, I skip on to the middle. Okay. Are they doing the mm -hmm. task? Let me listen, you know, because the middle is really where you're going to find out if they're doing what Absolutely. they're supposed to be doing. And then I'll skip to the end. Did they say goodbye appropriately? That kind of stuff. So no, I don't spend, you know, I don't listen to all of those. And some people are like, I can't listen to 15 minute conversations and write down all their grammar mistakes. And I'm like, oh, good grief. Neither do I. I mean, that's not possible. And no, it doesn't help a student um, to hear about every single grammar mistake that they have made. Now, it is helpful to go like one of my on, in my online class, um, one of my students did a conversation with native speaker through Boomerang. And she sent me a bit, an email. She said, oh, I did it, but I need to prepare a little bit better next time, do the questions. And I realized, OK, you know, I'm not doing what I'm preaching because in this case, I completely left them out to the wolves. So I was like, go do this. And that was that. So I was like, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. Yes, here is what you need to do. And so I went through, gave her all the steps, gave her everything, shared the video we made. And I said, it's in Spanish, but the strategies should be able to help you. You can still pull from that and all of that. And I said, do you want me to go listen so I can give you pointers to the next one? She's like, that would be great. And so I told her and I said, okay, I have told you that before. And I will tell you again, be careful how you state age. Because she kept going mm -hmm. from, you know, oh, je suis 
37 ans, il est 15 ans, it's like that is not correct. You have to figure it out. You have to get that right. So, but I didn't tell her, you're using être and you need to use avoir. And I said, okay, we've, I've mentioned this to you before. Make sure you go and look at my feedback, but go back and see uh-huh. how do you describe somebody age-wise? What's the structure that you might be using? And then the other thing I told her, I said, you're not carrying a conversation. You were trying to give that person all of your information. I mean, she started the conversation and she's like, I'm so many years old. I have children. I'm married. This is what I do. And the, and the poor native speaker is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, she, she didn't have a chance to re-ask her questions or have something. I said, this is a conversation. It's okay for them to ask you questions. You don't have to be the one leading everything. Let them lead a little bit. So, uh-huh. you know, that's the feedback. Yeah. That's an important thing to it. Had I gone and given her every grammar mistake she made, that's not helpful because it doesn't help her prepare for the next class, for the next conversation that she's going to have. Well, and what I try to tell people too is if your student is studying abroad and they're sitting down to have dinner with their family, I mean, you're not sitting there and if they make a mistake, jumping on them and saying, oh, you have to say it this way. They're just having a conversation and they're communicating. And we, we put so much value on that. Well, why don't we value that in all of these assignments kind of goes back to uh what you were saying about you have Mm -hmm. to take students where they are because I had this one poor baby who could not understand the concept of verb conjugation (laughs) to save her life it was 101 and everything she would say was like yo ablar to tenere and I'm like oh you know and so honestly my goal for her was just to realize that you had to change the verb from the infinitive and so when that baby came out with yo ablan it was not correct but (laughs) I wanted to dance because she realized that she had to change the verb You, you have to meet students where they are and work with them on it and just because they can actually conjugate a verb, and this is something that I've been striving to impress upon my colleagues, um, is that just because they can fill in the blank of a verb paradigm or worksheet doesn't mean they're going to use it correctly in a conversation. And you would think, you would think, well, duh, we all know this by now, but no, a lot of us don't. And I gave this beautiful example of this baby who he was so proud that he had learned the verb conjugation for tenere and he spouted it out to the whole class. And I'm like, excellent. We're going to use tenere right now. You guys are going to talk. And I heard him go, yo tienes. And I thought, you, t- you just told me it was yo tengo, tu tienes. But in that conversation, mm-hmm. you said yo tienes. And so <laughs> you just like, oh, but uh, yeah, you do have to, you do have to, again, remember it's all about what your goal is. And so um, a lot of times, you know, if you're grading for proficiency, it right. shouldn't take you as long. Um, people who are complaining about how much grading they are, I still think are very caught up in, mm-hmm. I've got to correct all the grammar. And that's why it's so overwhelming and why it takes them so much longer. And they're like, I can't possibly give them all of these assignments. And again, I go back to credit, no credit, because we also do presentational videos at the end of each unit. And again, I will give them more detailed feedback on one and three and two and four are basically credit, no credit, because I know that on two and four, I'm going to have to listen and really grade their interpersonal talk abroad conversation. 
And so you have right. to do the time savers. That's not to say that I don't listen to their videos. Of course I do, but I'm not critically analyzing them all. I'm like, okay, they did complete it. They, you know, basically like the talk, they did what they needed to. They talked about all this stuff. Right. And, and you can still add a little bit of feedback because you will check it for that. You might notice something. And at that point is, I think the feedback is a little bit more important. Yes, we are tied to the grade, unfortunately, but the feedback is where they're going to grow. And so that's where I might go with, hey, you know, I noticed in this one, you were able to speak longer or in this one, you were able to do that. So they can't, they get that boost too, where, oh, they're noticed progression because feedback is not all negative. There is the right. parts that they need to be working on where we're like, hey, I noticed you had a lot of mistake with like stating ages. So you definitely need to go back and see how that works so you can fix it. But then you were able to carry on a 15 minute conversation and you were able to understand what the speaker was telling you, which is great. I was so glad to see that. So that's important. So even in the credit, no credit, you can put like a one thing in there and go, you know, that was great. Sometimes I give them a question too, where I say, oh, well, I noticed there was that. How, what, what, how did that make you feel? Or what do you think about this? Or I don't know, something for them to reflect on a little bit more as well. That way they see that I actually did listen and that it's not mm -hmm. just a static grade. So right. we've talked a lot Absolutely. about the grading and the rubric and everything, which is super important because ultimately, you know, we're all tied to those grades, unfortunately. So let's talk about the various ways that we actually do assess the speaking of our student because we have the formal one that we talked about that we do on various levels because you do it with Talk Abroad. With my uh, online class, we do it with Boomerang, and then with my face-to-face, -face, we do it with their basically their lab teacher, where they do one-on-one -on -one with them, mm -hmm. and um, that's a formative assessment. It's um, we actually unfortunately only do it one time in the semester, and I might try to change that. But that's a formative one, and it's the student to somebody who speaks a lot better than them where we're having that, uh, which I love because it makes them feel so much better afterwards. Even if they struggle, they come out of those, and they're like, I did it. And they feel so good. I mean, right. it's so powerful in that, in that light. But what are some other ways that maybe you assess your um, – students speaking your students conversation well I mean you do have I do a lot of group work in my face-to-face mm -hmm. -face classes so yes yeah, so just going around to the different mm -hmm. groups and listening is is super important to try and give them some feedback or whatnot depending on the group sometimes you have to say oh I mm -hmm. think I'm hearing English or you know whatever and so some of them you're struggling to just get them to stay in the target language. And you feel like even if it's a garble of stuff, you feel like, okay, they stayed in this target mm -hmm. language. So that was a victory. So I do, I do have a lot of that. Um, then we also have in um, our learning management system, we have go react, which is, it's a recording program where you can do videos and whatnot. And my textbook actually uses go react. Um, and so they can pair up 
And that's how I do it with my own online classes. And sometimes even my face-to-face classes, I'll give them an assignment and they can actually get online and record an activity or an assignment or whatever in a conversation. And they can do it in pairs or groups of three or four. You decide how to do it. One thing that um, I have not tried yet that I want to when we get back to the regular classroom is what a colleague of mine has been doing. She, um, Melinda O'Leary calls it effective eavesdropping. And she will have them because a lot of times it is hard to get to when you have a class of, you know, 25, 30 students, you can't get to each pair or each group during a particular activity. She has them actually do the go react. She has them get on go react and the prompt is up on the board or wherever. And she says, okay, I want you guys to um, do this activity, but I want you to record it and go react. And then she Mm -hmm. can go back later and listen to those um, if you know the groups that she didn't get to during class and I really like that because sometimes it really is hard to you can't possibly especially if it's just a pair activity and you've got you know 13 or 14 pairs you can't get to those during that 10 minute time frame so I, I think that's a good um, idea that I, I, I really did a variation of that when I taught at the high school I would and I did it from level one on up because I knew eventually we were building up to get to the AP um, level, which when I came in, there was no AP class and that was the goal. So from level one, I started thinking, what will they need when they get to AP? And one of the things in AP is a simulated conversation. If anybody doesn't know what a simulated conversation, because recently I asked something on one of the Facebook groups that I belong to, and I realized some people do not know what that is. Simulated conversation is you have pre-recorded segments to it, and the students have to react and respond in certain ways, but you're not giving them all of the information or you can give them no information whatsoever. So you might have your part, which is like, oh, hello, how are you doing today? Then they have to respond some way. And then your segment will go, oh, well, I'm doing well, but um, I'm a little bit tired. I think today I might go to the movies and then they kind of have to react to that. And then the conversation would go that way, which is kind of what the AP has just as a higher level, Mm -hmm. but it gives them you need to react positively and then have a question or you need to refuse and then have a question. So it's giving them that, right? So I had those little activities that went along those ways and that worked. So with the level ones, it was the greetings and the introducing yourself, right? And so I would tell them to pull out their Mm -hmm. phones, which they always love any chance to pull out their phone and to just record. And then they would drop their recordings in, um, I had Google folders for all of them in Google Classroom, and then they would drop it in there. And that way I could go listen to it. I could see if there was something. And the thing they really liked, because I thought my classroom was a closet. And so I was like, well, if they're all talking and recording, I'm not going to hear anything because everybody's voices is going to bleed into everybody's recording. So I would tell them, you can take your phone and you can stay in here, go into a corner of the classroom, wherever you want to go, or you can go in the hallway and find a nook and do that. So they would all disappear from the classroom. And so I would make rounds and see them and then be like, okay, it's good enough. Let's go to do that. So that was a variation of it. 
to to that, which was which was nice because then I could go back and listen to it. And I did that, and mm-hmm. it was mostly an informal with the credit, no credit. It was like it's done, they get the points. It's not done, they don't get the points. And so then I could give them feedback. But yeah, I had that. And then the other way I think that I was the informal, like you were talking about, you know, when they're in the classroom and you're listening to them as they're talking to their partner and what are they doing and whatnot. That bleeds back into my participation grade that I do as a general rule. Right. And so then, you know, they get their grade and then they ask me and they say, oh, I only got a 75 for participation, how it gives. And I'm, I'll be like, well, anytime you're talking with your partner, you're speaking in English or your partner is having right. to pull teeth to get you to say anything. So you're present. So you get points for being Mm -hmm. here, but then your actual give into the class is not really there. It's not meeting it. So it's not necessarily on the quality, but more of the effort that goes into that. One thing that I found that I want to do, I think still as more of an informal, is those simulated conversations where I finally found a website that will let you do it super easy. And I sent you the link yesterday. I don't know if you went and checked it out, if you had time to look at it. No, I saw it. I saw it, but I didn't have time to do it yesterday because your time zones (laughs) confound me. I, um, I was going to, don't laugh, you know, it's the truth. I, um, I've missed so many meetings before, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the Sculpt um, Avant Assessment Webinar. And Eastern time. <laughs> and my faculty, yeah, but, and my faculty meeting was 2.30. And so, yeah, but I was like, 2.30, 3.30, I can make it. And then I was like, oh, crap, 3.30 Eastern is 2.30 Central. And so I missed it. And I was like, oh, you know, so I, yeah. So then I went back and it's mm-hmm. a great. It was really program. good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I went, you know, you can watch, yeah, you can watch the recording, which right. is what, of course, I had to do. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't look at the the link you sent yet, but. That's I, okay. But that was one that was super, it. super easy, super to follow up on and to, to do, to record and whatever. So I'm thinking about introducing a few more of those and have students where they have to do it weekly. So they get in that habit and would be a good preparation for when they do the formal ones, however the formal one is, because they've been doing it so much, it's second nature. And those are a little bit harder, I think, because they're already prescripted where any conversation might go anywhere. You never know which way the conversation is going to go. Right, right. See, I want to look at that for the, especially for the online classes, because, you know, that's always one of the tough Yes. And that's one thing I wanted to add to my online, but I just did not have the platform that would do it. And I didn't have the time and energy to actually look into it. And you know how my fall semester was. I started on a completely unprepared for reasons outside of my doing. And so I chased my tail the whole semester. And if I could stay right there with the pack, I was great, but I was behind on a lot of stuff. So I didn't have time to go and find that. But now that I have found it, that I stumbled upon it, I'm going to definitely use it. And then that's going to be credit, no credit. It's done. You get the points. It's not done. You don't. But then 
it will get them to practice it a little bit more. So I think that'll be fun. Well, and, and uh, something else that I wanted to, to point out, you know, a lot of people, credit, no credit, that's a waste, blah, blah, blah. Actually, it's not because I'm going to tell you these presentational video quizzes that we do at the end of the chapter. I was talking to my students one day and I said, guys, I just didn't have chance to give you guys a lot of feedback this time. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And they were, <laughs> you know, half the time like, you gave us feedback? Really? Where? You know, you're like, oh, I spent all this time and you didn't even Facebook. look at it, you know, kind of thing, which is typical. I mean, that's. Well, exactly. But that's what that's what research mm -hmm. tells us. They really don't look at it. And so I showed them that and they're like, oh, OK. But then most of them said, you know, I don't know that the feedback. I mean, what they said, what's most helpful is the process. They said the process of having to mm -hmm. do it and having to record it is what they found most helpful. It wasn't my feedback. And so we stress out about all. Oh, we got to give them feedback. Got to give them feedback when so many times. It's the process. And they would say, well, you know, I would, I would record myself three or four times because, you know, I mispronounced this word or, you know, I messed up this or that. And so it also increases their meta awareness, right? Oh, my, I'm, they, mm -hmm. they know their own mistakes, right? And so I think it's the credit, no credit is a very valid, especially not, of course, for an end of of unit assessment but for a formative assessment where you just want them practicing because again yeah it's impossible to give them all of this the assignments that you want to give them and grade them all the way that you know you would want to grade them um, again that's where we have to cut ourselves some slack and realize that a lot of times it's the process that they're going absolutely through and then beneficial. we also have to remember that if we're giving them an activity because we want to, for them to do it for that, exactly from what you were saying, for the process, right? They want something in return for doing that work, which they're getting mm -hmm. it. Their language is getting right. better. That's really what their prize is. But they are so, right. so, so ingrained, so stuck on the grade because there are so many repercussions, right? Well, that's, that's, that's our exactly. Society. I mean, the last two days I have seen my son who's in college struggle with, I can do some pass, no pass, um, for my pass fail for my classes, mm -hmm. or I can take the grade and I need to think about it strategically as to, you know, if I get this or that, how does it affect my overall GPA and this and that? So they are so tied to it that it is an important thing. And doing the credit, no credit, in my opinion, it helps them in their progression in the language. And you're th at this point, you're not doing mm -hmm. it. You are messing yourself up because your language is not going to get any better. But the only way I can get you to realize it is by completely messing up your grade because I will give you a zero that you'll never recover from. But if you're doing it, right. I'm giving you a hundred. Yeah. It's helping your grade overall without me having to go to some random idea as to what grade I should give you and without me spending countless of hours grading. Because right. you and I are fortunate. Exactly. We teach college. Exactly. So we might have, we have a good bit of students but we're not like the K through 12 teachers who might have 150 students. And can you imagine spending right. that time? I mean, no, they're busy running around from eight to three. And then they have to spend how many hours going through all of that for every student? No, it's done. 
you listen to make sure that they didn't start with something and then in the middle went to some English and then because they're like, oh, you're never going to listen to that. So you skip ahead so you can hear from it. Oh, I've, yes, I've had that happen before. Right. So you go through that and then you're like, okay, it was done. And that's a super quick way to do it. And then credit and they've got, they, they did what they were supposed to do. They went through the process and it's good to go. So yeah, I, I like that. And then too, I think, you know, we were talking about how we've been using outside partners, right? To put it that way, you're using the native speakers, I'm using the lab teachers. But I think as a formative assessment, you can also have the student to student. So maybe what, what they've been oh, practicing absolutely. the whole unit, and then you tell them, okay, this one I'm definitely going to, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an exam and you will get a different kind of grade based on such and such criteria, which you always have to tell them ahead of time, but doing okay. student to student. So that way they're talking, which is different. And we have done it one way. We used to do it when I was at University of Alabama. And it was their final exam. We didn't do a final written because the program director said, you know, we are testing them throughout the whole semester. There is no need to give them a big overall one, which is going to be multiple choices or is going to be so much more difficult. So we're not going to worry about it, but we're doing an oral one. And the way she would have it is they would prepare on a topic. And for 101, oh yeah, for 101, I was trying to think, I was like, that was not the one. For 101, they had to bring in a picture of somebody they knew very well. So be it a friend, be it a family member, and be ready to talk about that person to their partner. So I know that's prepared, that was rehearsed, that part was presentational. But where it was, so they would talk about it. And when they were finished talking about it, the partner and the professor who was there, both of us, would ask that person questions. So that assess mm -hmm. also their listening skills because did you just daydream right. while they were rattling off the thing? So for instance, you know, they would say, oh, this is my mom. Her name is Juliet and, you know, she's blonde and blue eyes and whatever. And then asking question, the partner would go, what's your mother's name? Okay, it was there. You okay. didn't listen. And so we had, and we had talked about it. And I was like, you know, if you didn't understand, you can say, I didn't catch it. I didn't understand. You said her name was what? That showed you were listening, which is a different way of putting it. So that part did the interpersonal because they would ask questions and they had to respond okay. back to it. And they felt a bit more comfortable because they had already right. prepared a little bit as far as their presentation, their person, that kind of thing. So that was one way to do it too. And that's one where we took the time to do it in person. So we took a couple of class times to go through somebody, but that's one where they could also record it in front of that. But right. the benefit of having me as a teacher who could ask questions is if they have prepared the questions ahead of time, the questions and answer, then they had no idea what I was going to ask them. Right. So that helped no, with no, that. No, and absolutely. I also partnered them with people they didn't typically work with. And I told them, your regular partner is not going to be your exam partner. So that also helped a little bit with that. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there are, we mm -hmm. could talk about assessment, grading, rubrics. Yeah, we could. All day long. <laughs> 
I think we, covered I think we have that, because we have covered how we can assess it where a bit rubrics be it based on a on a proficiency level or target objective that you have um, or maybe on the can-do statements like you did with the uh, single singular point whatever that one is called the single point rubric. rubric I think I had messed up very little so I had to kind of add to that uh, <laughs> um, so we talked about that we talked about ways to assess so the informal assessment where you're doing it every day in class which we do have to realize we're doing that so then how do we compensate that with point the more formal one the more formative one where it can be a student to student, you're giving them a prompt that maybe they prepare or maybe they don't. So yeah, we've covered a lot of different grounds and everything can be applied on different levels. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, kind of mix yeah. it up. Yep, so absolutely. definitely. All right. Well, that was, I enjoy when we talk about those things and I hate that we don't yes, get to see each absolutely. other quite as much because we don't get to have those conversations quite as much. I know, I'm trying. I know he made us. I'm not. No, I'm not, you're not. I'm not you you were so happy when I told you I was moving away from Alabama. It was. It's been heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, but that's why now we have a podcast, so we can make up for it. See, there's the there silver lining that's positive it. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, but that was good. I think next time. And we might change our mind, but I think next time we need to discuss, because we talked about strategies for them to talk and have conversation, but reading, because I think reading is one in the target language, is one that's very hard one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of my favorite things to talk about. All right. So yeah, we'll probably talk about that unless we change our mind and find something else that we think is more interesting. But I don't know. There's so much we have. Right, and if the and if our listeners want us to discuss a particular topic, absolutely, they can always email us at step into Mondays, step into Mondays at gmail .com. We would love to hear from you. Comments, nice critiques. Yes. <laughs> or, we or talked about feedback and all. About. Not all feedback is negative, so let's go with positive feedback. And then, yeah, and I think down the road we need to do some Q and A's with questions from our listeners. Something maybe they have, they want us to clarify, or something they have a question about, or something they struggle about, or something like that that we can address. Well, and we also are going to kind of, um, you know, put into practice what we're talking about, and we hope to have, you know, for um, our listeners, we hope to have some. Uh, resources you know about things that we've talked about so that you can go and uh, mm -hmm. we're working on a website that hopefully will soon be up and you'll be able to go and check out right but those will available. be for patrons once i put that into place do you need some help right. supporting so, so it'd be a uh, you scratch my back i scratch your back kind of thing but yes we are putting that together Absolutely. We are progress. building up. I am building that website and that has been a learning curve. The process is interesting, <laughs> but I'm getting there. I'm making progress. So yeah, we, we're getting there and uh, we're all on the major platforms. We are now on Apple Podcasts. So if you've had to listen to us on other ways that you're not really fan of, 
We are on Apple Podcast. We're on Spotify and Google Podcast and Stitcher and some little ones and Anchor. So all of those. So if you have a platform that you really enjoy, go look for Step Into Mondays. And if you, you probably find us there. If you haven't yet, click on follow. So you'll know when we have new episodes coming out every Monday. All right. All right. We'll talk See to you, you next, next time. Bye. Bye.